the Chair 2 Leaders Podcast with your hosts, Danny Smith and Ben South. If you lead from the second chair or you work with those who do, this is a place for you. We're glad you're here for conversations about the church, ministry, life, and how we can serve better for God's kingdom. Well, welcome back to Chair 2 Leaders. Glad to have you listening in today. I am Ben South. And here with my good friend, Danny Smith. Danny, it's been a while since we've talked. Hey, Ben, it's good to be back. Yeah, it's been kind of a a frantic few weeks uh, with kind of school ending, getting into the summer. Uh, You know, it's funny, we do these episodes back in the winter or maybe early spring about prepping for summer. But I think like everybody else, it just sort of hits us like a bus. You know, we're like, oh, my goodness, all this going on. So. I think we spent a week, maybe a week and a half texting one another, like, I'm ready now. Okay, I can't do now. And mainly it was me. I just want our listeners to know it was mainly me on that. Uh, ben was ready to go. But then, Ben, you were out of town for uh, yes. most of the yes, week that we're recording week. this. So you're yes. kind of just getting back in. And That's right. So I think I jokingly told you I was ready. I was ready all week, but uh, it just happened to be schedule-wise. So it doesn't always issues. line up like we wanted to. That's right. We've had technical issues as well. So it's... It's one of those things we just kind of hadn't been able to, but we're glad you're listening in this week and back with us, and we're going to do our best to stay with you every week from here on out. So glad to have you listening in, and you know we want you to listen in because one of the things we want to do is tell you about our fabulous sponsor. Central Baptist College in Conway, Arkansas has a degree program that will fit your needs, whether it's a traditional program for majors, many majors, for Bible programs, for science programs, other things, education programs, or if you've got some uh, college behind you and you need to finish your degree, they have a adult degree completion program that will help you accomplish what you want to do in life. So go check them out at cbc.edu, Central Baptist College in Conway, Arkansas. We are extremely thankful to have them on as a sponsor of Chair 2 Leaders. Yeah, they may see our family later this summer because I've got a son hitting senior year and he's mentioned uh, CBC is an option, so we're going to go check it out, doing great things over there. And, uh, you know, one of the things I loved uh, about CBC, and I think this might open up our conversation today, Ben, is that um, a lot of times when I'm through social media or when I was still living down in central Arkansas, it wasn't unusual to see them involved in different community activities, uh, whether that was Chamber of Commerce or some other uh, economic things, uh, somewhere you would expect to see uh, an academic institution. It was really great to see, and that kind of got me to thinking. One of the reasons we were so frantic over the last few weeks uh, is you've got mission teams in town, and you're starting to build some connections. And so, man, I thought we could take a few minutes today because maybe somebody's listening, and maybe they're in a new context. Maybe they're just looking to uh, man try to break a little bit of a uh, little bit of doldrums. I don't know if that's the right word. But maybe just looking for a way to really bring some influence into their community. Uh, years ago, uh, there was a book called The Church of Irresistible Influence. And one of the things that the author mentioned about that was, uh, and I think other guys have said it since then, um, but you know, if your church were to leave your community, would your community even notice it? And that's one of those big, you know, put it on a poster, you talk about it in staff meeting. Uh, but sometimes like our sermons, sometimes like our lessons, people leave there going, OK, well, how do I even do that? So you go to a new context or you find yourself being in a long term context. How do you build those connections and those bridges and those networks in your community so that, A, you are just you know ear to the ground what's happening, 
but also opportunities for your church to be able to say, here's an area uh, to minister. And so, man, I thought we could kick that around today and then maybe even do a follow-up uh, to this about even what that means for our personal living and behavior and things like that. Yeah, I think it's one of those things. You've got to be careful how you approach it, but you've got to approach it. And you've got to do it. So if I was going into a new place, I hadn't been there, and I've done that in nearly two decades. But if I was moving into somewhere new this week, I would start asking first in the church. I would say, who do I need to meet in the church? Who do I need to sit down with in the church? Who do I? Who do we have here? who's connected outside of our church, who works in education, who works in different industries in town, who who is involved in government or maybe even uh, colleges or other things like that and the government programming. Are there people in the church, where are they connected and who do we need, to, who do I need to know about? Who can help us connect here in the community and help us reach out and minister to others? So that's the first place I would start in the community is by going to the church and say, who do we have here that we need to meet? Then I would ask those people, secondly, who do I need to meet in town? Who do I need to talk to? So for instance, if I, I want a bit of a connection with the schools, ask them, who do I need to talk to in this school district in order for our church to minister, to connect, to do something with them? Who do I need to talk with in the local department uh, of human services or child protective services that we can help in those ways? Who, who is the local person? Who do I need to connect with in the business industry or the uh, chamber of commerce to help get connected with people in our town. So that's that'd be my two-prong approach first. I'd say, who do we know in the church? Who's in the church we need to talk to? And then those people, I would ask, who else do I need to talk to in the community? Yeah, and I think you're absolutely asking the right people in your church about those specific places. And, uh, you know, also asking the questions like, how can we leverage? Maybe you're in a community and you have a facility, right? So we're planting a church in, in Wyoming. Right now we have no facility, right? So everything we do is where we go to them, but maybe you can leverage your facility to be used for various meeting places. Believe it or not, that church auditorium is a great place for different people to have meetings and to be able to conduct large scale meetings. And so, you know, helping your church understand that we can leverage our, our, our building, our facility um, for networking opportunities. Um, but, you know, as I thought about it too, I, I think there's three things every uh, you know, minister probably needs to know going into it is one, it's going to take some time, right? You know, one visit to the mayor's office, one visit to a principal, one visit to a park, one visit to wherever, probably not going to do it. It's going to take multiple times, you know, because they have people that roll through all the time. Believe it or not, churches um, of all stripes tend to think like, hey, how can I be out here? How can I bring backpacks for school? Or how can I help feed the hungry? So a lot of churches have that mentality. So you got to have time, right? If you're going to build those connections, um, it's going to take one uh, more than one visit to the Chamber of Commerce. It's going to take more than one time. And then also contribution. I, one of the things that, that I'm learning is anytime you're rubbing elbows in a business setting, the church group always feels like sort of the square going to the, the, the round peg in a square hole or vice versa. Maybe I got that wrong, but so, you know, if you're in an event and you're the pastor or you're the youth minister and everybody else is real estate and, you know, insurance and banking and all this stuff, you may think, where do I fit into this? And that's where that contribution comes into play is how do I just volunteer? How do I contribute 
um, to this. Most of these groups are expensive to be a part of, like Chamber of Commerce is not real cheap. Um, there's a group here that I'm looking to get involved with called BNI, where you can only have one person from one industry in that particular group. It's not cheap. And so I think time-wise, you got to put some time effort into it to build those connections because they want to see, hey, are you in it for just a real quick uh, moment or are you going to be in it for the long haul? Because one of the things you'll discover about your business community specifically is that a lot of those people have been doing this a long time. Those real estate agents, um, those financial people, they, they've been and they've been putting the time in for a long time in those places. They, they're well respected. And so just be ready to contribute. Help your church understand that part of budgeting is that we want to be a part of these organizations because this is where, on the one hand, am I going to get a ton of people from that group to come to my church? I'm be honest, probably not. But one thing that you will learn in that group is what makes your town go. For example, I found out this week, hey, here's how many houses are on the market in our town right now. You know what? That tells me a lot about are people moving into my town? Are they moving out of my town? What's going on? What's going to have the effect on the schools? What's going to have the effect on the job? So time, contribution, and then consider what resources you can bring to it. And Ben, I think you hit it uh, initially. All of a sudden, you hear a conversation, a need, and you think about that person in your church that maybe is well-equipped to do that. So I think time, contribution, resources are are things we have to keep in, in our mind to go, hey, I I know, uh, I know as pastors, we're not professionals, right? I mean, I think there was a book written by that title, but you have to sit in a professional setting and go, what can I bring to this group without opening my Bible in the daily, in the weekly lunch meeting and try to preach a sermon to them? Like, how can I approach this in the time I give to it, the contributions we put into it and resources? Because, you know, I think, I think the thing that sometimes as churches, if we don't see somebody immediately come to our church from that, we cut it off. You got to go for the long haul. Yeah, I think that's right. You're not looking to go into the community right now to get an immediate conversion. It may happen. Praise the Lord if it does. Well, you know, you'll get them in the church and disciple them, but you're looking for some long-term uh, investment, a long-term fruit. This is some of that fertilization of the crop, not necessarily uh plucking fruit at this point you're doing the, the soil work the prep work to, to get that seed planted in you know i look out even in if you're looking into your community you're saying oh there's nowhere you know this is not a, an area i could go to the thing is a lot of those groups need people who are going to speak of spiritual issues in their area because that spiritual issues affect everyone that's why um sports teams have chaplains that's why fire departments have chaplains. I know some pastors locally who are chaplains with our sheriff's office and who are with uh, the the fire department and sports teams. And those are some areas where they're connecting with the community, they're getting to meet people, but they're also becoming aware of needs in the community. So they're more able to respond uh, when it's needed. So looking for some of those kind of places, there. I mean, every industry really will have a need for a quote-unquote chaplain. They may not have anybody officially on the payroll for that, but you can serve as kind of the de facto chaplain of those social groups, those organizations, those industries in town if you just go make yourself available to them. Yeah, one of the great joys that I've experienced, uh, both where I'm at now and, and really, uh, thankfully, uh, in the places I've served in the past is, 
when you're part of these community groups, and again, it may not be in the business world. It may be in the education sector. It could be in the nonprofit sector. It could be a combination of all those things. But having your ear to the ground, especially if it's a place I'm not from, and I'm able then to learn more history, I'm able to piece together families that are connected. It builds a lot of credibility with your own people in your own congregational setting, as well as community when you actually know the history of that place and you're able to piece together the things that have happened. Um, and it, you know, it's just a huge joy. I was part of a church, uh, being not far from you for many years. And, and I remember people thinking, man, you've got to have a passport to live there. That was kind of an unwritten joke that if you weren't from there, you needed a passport type thing. But, you know, one of the things I discovered was a great connection to that community that really lasts even till right now is because, you know, we just started showing up places, you know, even though we weren't from there, we just acted like we were from there. We started, you know, uh, you know, I, now I will say I, I'm still a Georgia fan that was living in Arkansas and other places. So I, that aside, I really tried to embrace, um, man, that that culture in that area, you know, you got to show up um, and be able to, again, put that time and, and contribution and resource in and and play that long game with it because you're learning about people. And all of a sudden, people begin to associate you with someone who cares. And man, when they know that you're caring, they're going to start. I, I mean, the conversations that people have. I, I can't tell you how many times over the years that, that I've counseled somebody from our community who are like, hey, I need to come by and talk to you about something. They never came to our church. But man, I was able to get some spiritual counsel and those things. Uh, and we did have some come to our church. Like you said, there are times people are like, this is a church I want to be a part of. Uh, we were able to share the gospel. People were saved. But I think I think we're living in a day and age where those networks have to be built to have a church that's going to um, really make an impact in that community. Um, you know, I, I live in a place now where where churches, the ones that are here, are kind of quiet. You know, they're not quite out front. Um, being you know there in Arkansas, it wasn't unusual to show up to an event and have five pastors at that event because they were all thinking the same thing. Don't let an oversaturation or an undersaturation keep you from getting those connections built. It's not a competition, right? If there's people showing up and go, well, Ben's already there. I'm not going to go. And maybe there's another subtle network happening between you and that guy. And uh, I, I just think it's a win-win when our community knows, hey, this church cares about the things we care about, even though they're not a business, even though this guy's not a CEO, he cares about what's happening here in our community. Yeah, I think just that letting them know you're available and you care and that you're there is a big part of it, not just staying and waiting for them to come see you. You know, ministry is not a if you build it, they will come approach. Now, that may happen some, but that's not how we need to approach ministry. We really need to be, you know, as the Great Commission says, going. It's not a, hey, when they come, let disciple them. You go and make disciples. You have to, you have to actively go out and do that. So as we've been talking, I've been jotting down some ideas, and I think I've come up with about five questions I think you could summarize what we've talked about today to make connections in your town. I think these are the questions that I may go long in this segment, so sorry. If I start filibustering myself, just you know, cut me off, Danny. Do so, I need to call point of order at There you point. go. <laughs> there you go. Um, but I think if you when you meet with people in town, in every area, these are some five simple questions kind of that I've developed out of our conversation right now. That you can ask. I think first, like you're saying, what do I need to know about this town? What makes this town tick? 
what makes this town unique and special as if I'm new here or maybe I'm still trying to get my footing what do I need to know about this town what from your experience you maybe people who are new here or are been here for their whole life what do I need to know to fit in in this town that's the first question second what do I need uh, who do I need to know in this town who are the people I need to know I talked about that earlier so who do I need to know in every area so at, when you meet with those people in the different areas, ask them the same questions because you're going to get different answers. So who are some other connections that you can make? And then I think the next question is kind of get to, okay, let's develop this relationship further. The third one would be, what's missing in town? What, what does our town need? What, what do we need to do? Then I think the next one is, who can we help? Who do you think needs the most help in town? Or what are some ways we can help? Then you ask the question, okay, in our church, in our ministry, who do we have who can help and what do we have we can help them with? What are the resources available to us that we can use to leverage to meet these other needs that people in the community are expressing? I think that's a lot of the ways you get people to know you're there and realize that you're there. And as you said, as we were starting off this episode, that people would miss your church. I've often said, and I think I've said it on the podcast, I know a lot of the events, the things we do, the ministry may not bring people in the door today, but I want the people who have experiences with our church to drive past and say, I don't go to church now, but if I ever do, that's the church I'm going to. That's what I want people in our community to feel, especially the unchurched, but I also want the others maybe who are churched elsewhere to have positive feelings toward our church and would mind referring someone here and, and knowing that we're here and we're supportive of the community. We want to be an assistance. We want to be a help. We're not here just to stay over in our little circle and put walls around our church building and keep everybody out, but we want to be out making a difference in the world we live in. Hey Ben, let's take those uh, five questions real. What's the first one? Let's let's take that one real quickly. What do I need to know about my town? So, I mean, what a great question to ask. Whether you've been there twenty years or whether you've been there twenty minutes, like, what do I need to know? So, I know here's what I know about your town, Ben, is that at the end of April, April first of May, I'm probably not going to plan a big outreach event because y'all have a big town festival. Not everybody goes in a town of sixty thousand. Not everybody's there, but I need to know. Hey, that's a big, that's been on the calendar for a long, long time. Yes, and nothing else is happening that weekend in town. Nothing, right, you know, and so, yeah, so that question is, what do I need to know about that town? Man, that is a great, great question to lead in. Here's the thing, when you sit down with somebody in your community, they know you're asking them for something, right? So if I call today, uh, and I I call a friend who's a, a real estate agent or an attorney, and I say, hey, man, let's go meet for coffee, I want to talk to you, they know I'm asking for something. I mean, you know, not always, but they know I'm probably, you know, wanting their help in some way, shape or form. So I think when you're learning that question, don't be afraid to go, hey, I'd love to meet with you. Listen, I'd love to pick your brain because I'm I'm just trying to be better equipped in our town or whatever it may be. And I guarantee you, they'd be like, I, I would love to talk about our town. What was the second question? The second one was, who do I need to know in town? Yeah, so th- that's a great one because now, listen, people like to go on podcasts and people like to think there's something. So when you call Ben and go, Ben, man, I know you've been pastoring in this town a long time, man. I'd love to talk with you because I'm new. Or, hey, I know you've been teaching here a long time. Man, I know it's summertime. I'd love to meet with you just to get your feedback. People like it. So, you know, I'm not saying let's uh, be all ego, but sometimes you play to that to go, hey, I 
I know you're somebody who has voice and influence. I'd love to meet with you. And I guarantee you, they'll love to meet with you. What's the, what's the third question? The third question was what is missing in town or what, what do we need in our town? Yeah. I love that question because sometimes I think we immediately think, okay, what do we have to do? Like you mentioned events and stuff like that, where that is a great opportunity to go, Hey, we just want to fill in some gaps. Oh, so there's already a food kitchen. Oh, you're already reaching a thousand. Okay. Maybe do you need more space? Do you need more people? Do you need us to just start our own deal? You might find out that rather than allocating a ton of dollars to start something, you can just allocate people and resources to something that's already going. Um, I know in our town, we've got a couple of food banks and I'm just telling you, the majority of the people that work in that uh, are not believers. They have a real heart for people. Um, there's opportunity there. So um, Ben, what was, the, uh, what was the fourth question? The next question was, um, what is the greatest need or where is that area of need? Yeah. You know, it is funny when uh, when you begin to ask that question. So sometimes we can't help but look at areas and places like us. But somebody may go, hey, that neighborhood over there, man, they could use something. Or you may talk to a teacher and go, you know what? People are already like flooding our school. But man, there's a school on this side of town that they don't get near the love. They don't get near the help. And so, yeah, finding out that may point you in a different direction in terms of, who, when, where to help out in your town. Um, or you may find out, hey, a church is already doing that. Let's partner with them. So, I, yeah, it's a great question. And the fifth question was, how can we help? What resources do we have? Yeah. And that's a great question then to bring back to your church, just to simply go, church, here's the need. Hey, what can we do? And then it's the, uh, and this is another episode for another time and something we've already talked about. How do we make it their idea? <laughs> so how to make the church think they came up with it and uh, your ministry. But again, whether it's from a senior pastor role or as our podcast title says, from that chair too. Yeah, just ask those questions, Ben. I think those are really good questions to ask. And am I willing to put the time in? Am I willing to even contribute myself to this, you know? I'm asking people to do something that I'm not willing to do and yeah, play that long game with it. Just put the time in, the effort, the resources. And, and then ultimately, right, we're praying that God will give us divine appointments and all of that so that we can be, uh, you know, bearers of this good news of the gospel. Absolutely. That's the point is to get out there in the community to make a difference and not just to make a difference to make people feel better about the town or improve the town or quality of life but to make a difference for the kingdom of God, share the gospel, to have an opportunity to meet with people and actually share the gospel with them. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, you know, and, and I still feel this way, you know, that fine line between what was traditionally known as a social gospel, right? We, we feed, we clothe, but we don't give the gospel versus just maybe hardcore evangelism. Like we don't worry about those things. We just share the gospel and just that constant tension of bringing those two things together, that we are gospel communicators but we also meet those needs in our community and, and uh, trusting that the Lord is going to listen. I was praying this morning, true story. <laughs> you know, I, I was praying um, the, the business that I work for here in, in, in Casper, you know, basically my prayer went something like this, Lord, sometimes I don't know if I'm a pastor that works in this role or if I'm this role or if I'm this as a Christian and a pastor, and, you know, basically just praying for wisdom every day. Hey, how do I, how do I do both those things? Like, how do I live out 
well with integrity and faithfulness, those things as I build those networks. And I think making that part of our prayer life, at least for me, because I'm not very smart, I just need all the help I can get. That's right. If you're not going to pray about it, there's no point in doing it. That's right. You bet. Well, thanks for joining us this week on Chair 2 Leaders. We hope you'll listen in. We plan to be back with you on our regular schedule next week, Lord willing. And until then, we hope God blesses you very richly. Take care, and we'll see you next time. You've been listening to Chair 2 Leaders. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for the latest updates, and make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to Chair 2 Leaders wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening.